Welcome, everyone. Welcome, all of you here in our office in New York, and also all of you who are participating online through the various social media sites and through Zoom. Tonight, we work in meditation with the energies of Pisces, the culminating sign of the spiritual year. Many energies are available to us through Pisces, for in a certain sense, we can consider it the richest sign of the entire zodiac, for it synthesizes and qualifies all of the other energies of the signs, and therefore, it has much to give. It is, after all, the sign of the world savior, the sign of the world teachers, and the bodhisattvas and rishis throughout time who have come forth upon this path of sacrifice and dedicated themselves to the liberation of all life forms. The exact time of the full moon occurs tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we encourage all of you to take some time prior to that moment, either later tonight or tomorrow morning, to join with individuals and groups throughout the world in a collective approach to the spiritual hierarchy, for it's a great opportunity to provide this world service. We create a channel together which can reach up into the heavens and bring the energies down to meet the need of the people. And in the sign of Pisces, there's much energy available to us And in the world, there is much need. The full moon period each month provides the group with the opportunity to strengthen the divine circulatory flow of energy through the power of invocation and evocation, call and response. Through the mediation of this group, a vast planetary alignment is established which serves as a lifting and directing agency for the voiceless and vocative appeal that is constantly issuing forth from the masses of humanity, a call for the relief from suffering, a call for divine intervention at this time when the law is withering. This voiceless appeal can be directed and focused by the new group of world servers through the open door that's available at this full moon period. The group projects its lighted thought in such a manner that we're told that it can evoke response from those great lives who hover over our planet. An interplay is then established through which an influx of divinely qualified substance pours through the group aura and is released through the planetary etheric body, resulting in an increased stimulation of a very intense nature. So let's now just take a moment of silence to link up with all of the other individuals and groups throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the oldest known prayer given out to the world, the Gayatri, the hope of enlightenment. O thou, 
who giveth sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Throughout time, it's said that the zodiacal wheel has shown much mutability, a mutability that reflects the shifting stages in the developing consciousness of humanity. Pisces and Aquarius were the two signs that were most recently incorporated into the zodiac. This occurs when there is developed within the human consciousness a demonstration of responsibility, responsiveness to the qualities of the signs. So to the qualities of the world's savior, Aquarius, and the world's server, Pisces. Prior to that time, there was no responsiveness and therefore no um, recognition that these signs existed. Today, all these eons of time later, the influence of Pisces is well established having colored human consciousness for the preceding entire age. And now as we move through this waning period of the Piscean age, these energies are being given added stimulus through one of the rulers of Pisces, the planet Neptune, the great synthesizing planet, which is sometimes known as the cosmic Christ For since 2011, Neptune has been passing through the sign of Pisces, and it will not complete this journey until 2026. It's curious how this transit coincides with the closing years of the stage of the forerunner, such an important interlude in the life of the new group of world servers, wherein they're tasked with preparing the way for the reappearance of the Christ and the externalization of the hierarchy. Neptune focuses, we're told, it focuses the energies of Pisces as it concerns humanity as a whole. But this only takes place for those who stand on the final stages of the path of discipleship. But at this time, this is rather a large group of individuals. At this level of consciousness, there hold, is held out the possibility for a merging of the individual with the group And through that group, a connection can be made to the whole of humanity. Hence the importance of our work together at the full moon. There's a great resonance between Pisces as a sign and Neptune. They're similar in nature. They both embody the qualities of sacrifice, the impulse of giving, of dissolving borders, and separating walls. Their combined energies are serving to awaken the soul of humanity, preparing it for the unfolding initiation and the coming revelation. 
According to the Ageless Wisdom, Neptune does not even belong to our solar system. It's here on loan, we might say. It came from another system, we know not where. So it's sacrificing itself, its own evolutionary development, for the furtherance of our systemic purpose. This is its nature, contributing to the objective of this entire solar system, which is concerned with the unfolding of the love aspect. Neptune brings into our system energies of a different nature, and it would seem a nature that is akin to that of our planetary Logos, who is called, after all, the Great Sacrifice. Neptune is surely related as well to the solar angels, those great beings who have undertaken the ultimate sacrifice to forward the evolutionary process that is unfolding on Earth. Perhaps Neptune is also helping in the purification of our entire solar system so that an energetic field can be created that will make it possible to accommodate additional influxes of solar angels on other planets, of which there are said to be over 100 that are as yet undiscovered in our solar system. It could also be that this Neptunian influence is helping to prepare our planetary atmosphere for the influx of highly advanced souls from other planets, whom the Tibetans said are waiting to incarnate here, and they have to wait until such time as our planet has achieved a sufficient vibratory rate. Perhaps Neptune is helping to create that vibration. As with all things, when considering the nature of a planet, we have to keep in mind the varied manners of its impact upon people with different levels of consciousness. On the higher turn of the spiral, Neptune stands, as I said, as the cosmic Christ. And many people today are responding to this influence. And there's a widespread flowering of spirituality and goodwill. But on the other turn of the spirals, Neptune can present as an antichrist. And its synthesizing, mesmerizing qualities can be used to deceive, making white to appear black and black to appear white. Synthesis can be sidelined resulting in the consolidation of power in fewer and fewer. In a collective sense, Pisces symbolizes the fundamental duality of soul and form that underlies all life. This duality is clearly seen in the symbol of this sign, the two fishes inextricably bound together but moving in opposite directions. For a long period of lives in the early stages of the wheel of life, the individual is immersed within the watery sphere of the substance of the collective unconscious, the world of matter, in which the soul is held in bondage. But eventually, through the course of many lives, a growing responsiveness to the soul develops and the individual begins detaching himself from the world of material desire and attaching himself instead to the world of the soul. The two keynotes of Pisces reflect these two states of being, 
on the ordinary wheel we read, and the word said, go forth into matter. This stage demonstrates the beginning of the long journey of the wheel of life when the fish, the soul, is completely submerged in matter and any entering light is seen distorted and misshapen. But the keynote for the disciple in Pisces, on the other hand, speaks of the stage of liberation to the triumph of the final stages of the path itself. And here the world savior declares, I leave the father's home and turning back, I save. Here we see how on the reversed wheel of the disciple, Pisces brings in a powerful link with this highest planetary center, Shambhala, the center of the spiritual will. This access to this highest center was abundantly illustrated in that episode in the life of the great Piscean Savior, the Christ. Christ often spoke of his connection with the Father, and the way to the Father was said to be through him. With this teaching, he sought to warn future generations of the dangers of the overdevelopment of the concrete mind when it's not coupled with the soul. There is the possibility of a direct approach to the highest center that bypasses the soul through the misappropriation of first-ray energy. It is the avenue that has been paved by the materialistic forces, fomenting the will to power without the protective agency of the will to love. Perhaps this is one of the reasons why the returning teacher has said that he comes not to bring peace, but a sword for true peace, the true utilization of first-ray energy, can achieve many things, and many things must be destroyed in our world before this peace can enter in. We can't pour new wine into old bottles. Two thousand years ago, standing in the quiet garden of Gethsemane, Christ became the first of our earth humanity to forge the way into Shambhala through the submerging of his individual will in that of the Father, paving the way for humanity to follow. Christ came forth at the commencement of the Piscean Age. He came to anchor the law of sacrifice within the human kingdom demonstrating this divine quality in full measure through his very being. He chose his disciples from the fishermen and demonstrated by his life of service that their real work was to become instead the fishers of men. The discipleship group then and today is charged with reeling in the entrapped fishes, pulling them up from the mud and murky waters of existence and releasing them into the light of day. Christ was here giving all seekers on the way a symbol of the whole purpose for which our Logos came to embody this planet. That purpose is working out through the experiment that's being undergone on this planet, an experiment in redemption, an experiment of initiation. Redemption is defined as to regain possession of, to buy back again, or to release. 
and we might say to release from bondage. In other words, redemption involves a lifting up and saving of those souls embedded in matter, swimming and trapped in the astral waters, purifying the third aspect through the medium of the second. That's our task. The vehicles for this redemption are, of course, the solar angels within ourselves, those great lives who are our truest self and who are preparing to flower forth as a result of the impress of the intensification of the light that has been pouring in. These angels are esoterically called the sons of mind, the sons of mind who choose to be sons of men and yet for all eternity remain the sons of God. Their work through our, the instrument of humanity is to redeem form, to lift humanity into the light, and then in turn enable humanity to become the redeemer of the three lower kingdoms in nature. The law of sacrifice is a central law working out on our planet. We cannot speak of the way of liberation on other planets because we don't know. But here on Earth, our Logos is the embodiment of this law and known as the Great Sacrifice. For him, this way of sacrifice is the way of bliss. He has vowed to stay here until the last weary pilgrim has found his way home. His intention is to meet the need of the seeds of life, striving within the substance of the form and seeking life and light. That's all of us. We're all striving. These seeds were also deeply embodied in the animal men inhibiting the planet 18 and a half million years ago, who called forth to him when he wanted to return to the Father and find another assignment. He wanted to go home. But these lives called out to him in their suffering. And we're fortunate that he made the decision to stay with us. Now at this Pisces full moon, standing as the great sacrifice, he turns his back upon the light of the central spiritual sun and pours it forth through his heart, shedding its countenance, stimulating the soul within all forms until the cosmic heart, the heart systemic, and the little heart of man begin to beat in rhythmic unison. This great life holds fast to the vision of the plan for our planet, a plan which embodies his purpose, a purpose from which he has never wavered in these 18 and a half million years. We're the brain cells of this great life, and we can dedicate our lives to aiding him in the working out of this purpose by applying the law of sacrifice in our own lives, in our own way of understanding. Through a consideration of this law and its symbol, which is beautifully a golden bird flying free above a rosy cross, we can therefore become willing to sacrifice that which is known and loved, which is the rosy cross which is also the color of the sixth ray. We can sacrifice that which inside of us has been built up over many ages and many lives. 
And the golden bird, the symbol of the soul, encompasses that fourth ray energy because of the color. So hopefully this incoming, this influx of the fourth ray will aid us in uh, flying free above the rosy cross. The need for sacrifice in our lives can be applied to our approach to the path itself, which is, at least for most of us, still largely colored by the mystical approach, which was the defining method of the Piscean Age and now stands as a rosy cross. Through a sacrifice of the lesser for the greater, we provide space within through which we can update our brains and install new software so that we can become more receptive to the new currents and forms through which this ever-evolving plan of God can work out. And surely this was the intention of Alice Bailey in creating the Arcane School, giving us tools to make those updates. The Logos works unceasingly behind the scenes, unknown and unrecognized, except vaguely by those he seeks to serve. He remains so until such time as they have reached the stage in their own unfoldment where they can come to know him as he is. These are the initiates of the world, standing behind the scenes, focalizing the energies pouring through the new group of world servers, lifting up the workers on the outer realms, giving of them their inspiration, and through this means, aiding them in the task of pouring new life into the weary veins of earth. So now let's work together in our meditation. We work with the full moon approach to the hierarchy. It's keynote being which is so resonant with the keynote for Pisces. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves Upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way, he faces towards the dark. And then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. We work and come together affirming the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart of the new group of world servers. I am one with my group brothers 
and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara. And we visualize the group standing within the heart of love, the Christ within the center of the hierarchy. And then we project a line of lighted energy towards Shambhala the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, Hierarchy, and Humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation on the keynote for Pisces. I leave the Father's home, and turning back, I save. Precipitation, using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, 
and the will to good, pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala. Hierarchy. The Christ. The new group of world servers. Men and women of goodwill everywhere. Physical plane centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram and sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light, love, and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power Restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And just a reminder that the exact time of the full moon is tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m., a convenient time for those of us on the East Coast. And so tomorrow will be the day of safeguarding. So that's the midpoint in the five-day full moon festival, the most important day to try to do what we can to hold our consciousness in the light of these imploring energies. And then our next uh, meeting will be the Pisces New Moon meeting, which will be on Friday, March 8th at 6 p.m., meeting here in our office and online. And then the next full moon meeting, the beginning of the higher interlude period, the Festival of Aries, the Easter Festival, 
will occur on March 4th at 3 p.m. So I look forward to seeing you there. Good night.